I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another show. Welcome back to the latest Faith Friday episode. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you decided to listen to this episode today. Thanks for joining me. So the way the Faith Friday thing works, okay, I'm just going to explain it every time we do a Faith Friday. That way, nobody is confused, okay, because we do the same intro music and stuff. So I want to be, I want to be clear. I don't want to be deceptive or anything like that, all right? So on Faith Friday, what I do is I take a book of the Bible and I read one chapter of that book. And then we go back through verse by verse, and I kind of try to break it down a little bit as best as I can. I am not a Bible scholar. I just know what I know, and I try to learn. So I'm learning along with you. Sometimes I correct myself as I am reading and trying to expound on what is written here in the Word of God. And so sometimes I change my mind in real time. So... If you're here just to get the word of God, great. If you want to just listen to me, you know, I'm not the best reader in the world, but if you want to listen to me read the Bible and then click off the podcast, you are more than welcome to do that. I have no problem with that at all. I think there isn't enough Bible going out into the world today. So that that being said, you can do that, or you can listen through the whole thing. I try to make it interesting. Sometimes it is. Sometimes I feel like it's not. Maybe you feel like it is. That's great. I hope so. But I'm, I'm just doing what I feel like I'm called to do. So with that being said, today we are diving into Romans chapter 2. Now, if you remember back to last week, chapter one was Paul, the, this letter, really not a book, but a letter, we call it a book of the Bible, but really it's a letter. Uh, the letter was written by Paul, the apostle Paul. And basically the whole gist of chapter one, he is breaking down how sinful the world is. All right. And now this week in chapter two, I mean, I, let me go back a minute here. So in chapter one, he's basically saying, you know, those in the world, we're, we're talking about those in the world, not those in Christ, those in the world, which is everyone separate from Christ, those who have decided not to follow Christ or have not heard of Christ yet, because this was relatively new, other than, I mean, the Jewish faith was out there, but the the whole Jesus Christ thing, I mean, Paul is still alive, and Jesus, just before the whole Paul thing happened, where Paul, where Saul was converted, and then God changed his name to Paul, that that hasn't been too long, and so Jesus hasn't been up in heaven for that long, so maybe. 
maybe 10 years, maybe. Um, that That's just a guess. And by the way, before I go any further, because I just said maybe, check me on everything I say. Don't take what I say for truth, okay? Get get your Bible out and read it for yourself. Don't Don't trust your pastor when he says something from the Word. Get your Bible out and read it for yourself. You have to. You have to check everybody because it's so easy to take the Word of God out of context. That's why I read a whole chapter and then I expound on the chapter because I don't want to take the author, Paul, out of context. All right, It's so easy to do and many churches do it today. So I want to first say, if you're going to read the Bible, at least read a full paragraph in the Bible. That is a, that's a paragraph that is context. Okay. Usually a paragraph is context. Sometimes you have to go the paragraph before and the paragraph after to really get the full context. Sometimes you have to read an entire book to get the full context. Sometimes you have to read an entire Old Testament to get the context. Sometimes you have to read the entire Bible to get the full context of the faith. Okay, so that's that. That's what I want to say there. So we're jumping into chapter 2 here. Paul is now switching gears. So he was talking about those who are not in Christ. Now he is talking about those who are in Christ or who claim to be in Christ. All right. And he is still on the sinfulness of man that we are depraved. We are we're hideous. Okay. so stick with me and stick with Paul because, yes, we are talking about sin here. All right. We the Bible talks about sin. Okay. So we, we need, it's valuable. It's in the Bible. It's valuable. But like I said last week, Paul is taking us on a journey. He's telling us how depraved we are so that we know where we are so that we can look towards hope so that we're not sitting here in our sin, stewing in our juices, thinking that we're all that in a bag of chips when really We are just really sinful, depraved people in need of a Savior. Okay, so that's why he is going through all of this to let us know where we are at in God's view. Not in our view, in God's view. Okay, so with that being said, we are going to start reading in chapter 2. All right, chapter 2. You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, Do you think you will escape God's judgment or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance and patience, 
not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will give to each person according to what he has done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human. Let me go back there. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law, and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law, since they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, even defending them. This will take place on the day when God will, ju- when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. Now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and brag about your relationship to God, if you know his will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in, in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of infants, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, You then, who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who brag about the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Circumcision has value if you observe the law, but if you break the law, you have become as though you have not been circumcised. If those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements, will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you who, even though you have the written code, and circumcision are a lawbreaker. A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, 
not by the written code. Such a man's praise is not from men, but from God. And that ends chapter 2. All right, so let's go back to the beginning of chapter 2, starting at verse 1. You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. All right, now Paul here, kind of, he switches gears from the last chapter. If you have not listened to last week's episode, I encourage you to go back and do that, because that is context. I am big on context in the Bible, so if you want the context of where we're at, you need to either go get your Bible and read it for yourself, chapter Romans chapter 1, or go back to last week's episode and listen to Romans chapter 1 to figure out what we're doing, what, where we're at now, because Paul shifts gears. So he just, he just excoriated the world in Romans chapter 1 saying that they are, they're just terrible. I mean, it, evil is what it is. Uh, just plain evil. And they come up with new ways of doing evil because that's all they know. They don't know Christ. So that's all they know is evil. Now, Paul shifts gears and he's talking to Jews and basically the righteous people of the day. Because... I mean, he, he shifts gears here. So you, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself. So a lot of times, I mean, I'm a sinful human, okay? You're a sinful human. We're all sinners. We, we're all sinful. It's just that we have put our faith in Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, we have salvation. But there are those in the world that have not chosen to do that. So they do not have salvation. But here's the thing. We're still sinners. We still sin. Right? I mean, that that is what Paul is saying here. You, therefore, have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself. Because... You who pass judgment do the same things. So Paul's talking about the religious people doing the same things. Listen to this. Okay, we're going to go back to chapter 1 here, um, if I can find it. So it's like God's talking about lust and, and adultery and, and just all different kinds of, let's see, he's got a list here. Uh, every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. That one always kind of makes me chuckle. <laughs> but like I said last week, maybe that's where God has disobeying your parents in the list. Maybe it's like, it, it's important. You need to obey your parents, okay? Um, they are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. 
And if you want to know more what my thoughts on that, go back and listen to chapter one. I mean, I got pretty heated there a little bit. So, um, and, and what Paul is saying here is that you, you believers, you're doing these same things. You're gossips. You're full of envy. You're full of murder. Remember, remember God's, Jesus's, the Jesus measure for sin. Okay. It's not actually doing the act. It's considering doing the act. So if you, if you even think lustfully of a, about a woman, you've committed adultery in your heart. That is Jesus rule. Okay. That's, that's Jesus measurement of sin. Everybody wants to talk about, Oh, Jesus is love. He just spreads love. Let's only let's only spend time in the gospels because Jesus Jesus is love. He loves everyone. Well, no, no, not not exactly. Not not if you read it like I read it cuz I mean Jesus I mean Jesus is hard on the Christians just as much or the the faithful of that day as he is on sin. He says, go and sin no more, right? To the woman at the well. He doesn't have to excoriate her for her sin. She already knows that she's a sinner. He just points it out. It's like a little, you know, sticking the knife in a little bit and twisting it just a little. So she feels that pain, you know? Yeah, see, I know. I know you're a sinner. Now go and sin no more. Don't do it anymore. Let's cut this out. Right? So Paul is talking about the the religious people of the day, the the new Christians. They do the exact same things that that the world is doing. All right, let's go on to verse 2. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So God's judgment, who do all these things, all these sins, all sin, is based on truth. Because at this point, they, they, they all know the Ten Commandments, right? And the Ten Commandments give us those boundaries. And then you can expound them out from there or whatever with what Jesus says, you know, in the Gospels. Because it's not just thou shalt not murder it's thou shalt not think about murdering, right? So that our definition of sin in this world has been so skewed by the world and we, we've just become numb to it. We've become numb to it. And so that's what Paul is trying to wake up these early believers, these early church believers to the fact that they are no better. They are no better. But we're, as we go on into chapter 3, we're going to see why Paul is pointing this stuff out. Because, as I said in the beginning, he is leading us to, to a new place. Okay? And that's what's so exciting. Like, I can see it ahead. You guys, unless you've read ahead, you're not seeing it yet. But as we go, you will see. You will see where God comes in and saves the day. Okay, so 
just stick with me here. It's not all doom and gloom, okay? I promise. I promise. All right. Uh, verse 3. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them, the world, yet you do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Wow. Convicting. I mean, a lot of times the world will try to use this kind of thing, like thou shalt not judge, right? Like, who are you to judge me? Well, that's not really what this is saying here. Okay, that, that's not what this is saying. That's a different thing. Okay, but if we are doing the exact same things, which we're all sinners... So yes, I, I'm not I'm not judging the world. I'm not saying, oh, the world is just so sinful. Yes, they are. I am too. You see what I'm saying? They are and I am too. There is only one thing, one thing, one person that separates me from the world. Only one. And that's Jesus Christ. That's it. So I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and look down on the people that have no idea who Jesus is. And if they do, they have chosen not to to trust in him. I'm not going to look down on those people. I don't expect people to behave like a Christian if they are not a Christian. Okay? So I'm not I'm not expecting anything out of them. And that's what Paul I think is saying here too. Like you should not expect a non-Christian to act like a Christian. That wouldn't make sense. They're in the world. They're I mean what what my commentary says is they're a heathen. Okay? Yeah. Well, we don't really use that word anymore, but that's what the commentary says. Let's keep going. Verse 4. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, God's kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance. God is so kind to us, isn't he? And he's so kind to us. He was so kind to me even when I was in the world. He's patient. God is patient. He, he leads us to him slowly. He, he is patient. He's like a, you know, there's that song, good, good father. He's a patient father. He's not like, come on, hurry up. Let's go. Come on. Let's move it. Come on. You know, come on. Let's go. No, he's patient. He patiently waits for you. To repent because his kindness is ultimately going to lead you toward repentance. Verse 5 But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. So, I mean, that's pretty clear. Because of our 
not just these people, all right, whoever Paul is talking to here, the, the early church, because that's who he's writing to, the church in Rome, because of our stubbornness, because we're, we're part of the church worldwide, all right, because of our stubbornness and our unrepentant hearts, we are storing up wrath against ourselves for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Verse 6, God will give to each person according to what he has done. Now, what I believe, I don't believe this is a works theology here. That is not what this is saying. What it is saying here, the sin you have done. He will give to you what you have done. All right, God will give, uh, let me read it again. God will give to each person according to what he has done. So that's judgment, shall we say, okay? God will give to each person according to what they have done. That's judgment. All right, that, that's what I think it is. Let me, I'm going to turn to my commentary here real quick. Um, verse 6. Let me see here. Sorry about the delay here. All right. In the next five verses, Paul reminds us that the judgment of God will be according to one's deeds. So what we do, a man may boast of great personal goodness. He may rely heavily on his racial or national origin. He may plead the fact that there were men of God in his ancestry but he will be judged by his own conduct and not by any of these other things. His work will be, determ- will be the determining factor. So that is what the, the writer of the commentary is, is, is saying that he believes what this is. I think that's, that's right. Okay, so verse 7. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. So we see here, the Bible says, out of the wellspring of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay, so if if you have chosen to follow Christ, out of that wellspring, you will do good. Now, there you're still sinful. Don't get me wrong. You're still sinful. You're still going to sin. But out of the wellspring, there will be good there. The world doesn't have good. Okay? They don't have it because they they haven't chosen to follow Christ. But through persistence in seeking, seeking the glory and honor and immortality of God, He will give us eternal life. Verse 8. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. I I see this a lot in in church even, where people are very self-seeking. They they want, they, they grab for things for themselves. And I'm not saying that, that I'm, I'm not trying to judge them here. All right. But I do see that. And, 
and and it just it it kind of grieves my heart because I see that they're storing up God's judgment on themselves for for grabbing for things they want things they want things I want this I want this I want this I want to take 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 and I'm not going to give anything according to this that person might not even actually be saved but that's not for me to say right I mean I can I can look at the word and I can look at their life and I can examine it and say okay I'm I'm not sure I'm still not I'm not going to judge that person and say you're not saved but I'm going to say I don't know I don't think I'm going to trust that person okay let's move on verse 9 there will be t- there will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil first for the jew then for the gentile the reason it says first for the jew and then for the gentile is because the jews are god's chosen people all right and they are a sinful people but god chose them as his people and so god's judgment will first come to the jew and then secondly it will come to the gentile gentiles are people who are not jewish okay gentiles can be christians but they are not jewish okay that is a, a distinction that paul is is trying to make here all right verse 10 but glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good first for the jew then for the gentile same thing for everyone who does good there's going to be peace and glory and honor first for the jew again god's chosen people and then for the gentile because we can be we are grafted in all right verse 11 for god does not show favoritism so paul is saying here god doesn't favor the jew over the gentile anymore since jesus came god no longer favors the jews over the gentiles all right because we are as gentiles we are adopted in we can be adopted sons and daughters of jesus christ so that is what paul is saying here so he's he's almost blowing up the 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 fact that the jews were the were god's chosen people back in the old testament now everyone can be god's chosen people i believe is what paul is trying to say here verse 12 all who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law so that this this was kind of interesting to me all who sin apart from the law so they don't have the law they don't have the law they don't have christ also perish apart from the law so they are they're perishing all right they're perishing it's as if they are already gone at this point they're still alive they can still choose christ and and that's great but as we go on then it says and all who sin under the law those who have christ will be judged by the law so it doesn't say that we're perishing 
those who sin under the law. It says we will be judged by the law. So I'm not sure exactly. I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Maybe we, I guess we are all going to stand before the throne of, of God and be judged on, on the day that we die. So I guess for that, that, that does fit. I, 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 I've read this several times and I never really thought about it that way before, but so everyone's going to be, all those in Christ will be judged. Okay. So it's like going into a court. You're going into a court, you stand before the judge and he's going to lay out his case for, for, or against you. All right. And the only thing that we can look forward to is that God is is going to say, because if we have accepted and are choosing to follow Christ, have chosen to follow Christ and do our best, even though we are in this sinful skin sack, that, that we have chosen Christ, it is a promise in the Bible that we will be with him in paradise. And so... We will be judged, yes, and we will be found righteous because we are in Christ. But those who are apart from the law are perishing. doesn't say they, they will be judged. It says they are perishing. And I, I just find that really interesting. I, I don't know about you, but that, that really sticks out to me there. And it, it kind of shows the difference between where the world is at and where the, where the Christian is at, shall we say, I, I don't really like the word Christian. I'd rather use Christ follower, but some, sometimes it's just easier to use the word Christian. So verse 13, for it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. This is a tough one for me. Because we are all sinful. And the law is not keepable. That's the whole point of the law. Is that we can't keep it. It, Because the law, to keep the law, you would have to be like Christ. And it's not, I don't think it's possible. You might be of a different belief, but I, I truly do not believe that it is possible because then we'd be God and we're not God. We can, we all know that. So that verse kind of troubles me and I struggle with that for it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Let me go to my commentary verse 13. I just want to get a different perspective on this and share it with you so that we kind of learn from it here together. All right. 2.13. Mere possession of the law is not enough. The law demands perfect and continuous obedience. No one is accounted righteous simply because he knows what the law says. The only conceivable way of obtaining justification 
under the law would be to keep it in its entirety. But since all men are sinners, it is impossible for them to do this. So this verse is really setting forth an ideal condition rather than something that is capable of human attainment. So that's kind of what I was saying there, is that we can't obtain it. All right, let's move on to verse 14. And this is in parentheses here. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by, the, do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. So even if someone that isn't in Christ, if they are doing things that are in the law, then they are a law of unto themselves, it says here. Verse 15, since they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts now accusing. Sorry, excuse me, I have a nose whistle. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, uh, where was I? Law written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts now now accusing, now even defending them. Verse 16. This will take place on the day when God will judge men's secret thoughts, or I'm sorry, secrets, through Christ Jesus, as my gospel declares. So this is happening, this will happen on the day of judgment. We will see people, and this is interesting to me, but this is what Paul is saying here. We will see people on judgment day who we have known as being a, you know, a good person, but they, they said that they don't follow Christ. We will see them get into heaven. That's what I, that's what I believe this says here. And it's a little confusing to me, but because they, they were a law unto themselves. That's what I think this is saying. Uh, I, I just want to go to the commentary again because that's kind of confusing. Um, let's see here. 2.16. The verse is a continuation of the thought in verse 12. It tells when those without law and those under the law will be judged. And in doing so, it teaches one final truth about the judgment of God, namely that it will take into account the secrets of men, not just their, oh, I'm sorry, I'm too far ahead here, 2.15, they show the work of the law written in their hearts. It is not the law itself which is written in their hearts, but the work of the law. The work which the law was designed to do in the lives of the Israelites is seen in some measure in the lives of Gentiles. The fact that they know that it is right to respect their parents, for example, shows the work of the law written in their hearts. They also know that certain acts are basically wrong. Their consciences, serving as a monitor, confirms this in instinctive knowledge, and their thoughts are constantly deciding the, righteous, the rightness or wrongness of their actions accusing or excusing 
forbidding or allowing. All right. That was a little bit better eye-opening, huh? Good. So it's not saying that they're necessarily going into heaven, as I was saying, but it is saying that they they do have that written on their hearts that they 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 do know what right and wrong is. Okay? That's basically what he's saying. Let's move on to verse 17. Now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and brag about your relationship to God. Verse 18, if you know his will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law. Verse 19, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark. Verse 20, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of infants, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. Verse 21, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? So he's, he's harping on the Jews and the law here. Because he, he's going back to the, the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews were down on the Gentiles because they were sinful, you know, and all that stuff. Paul is saying here, you guys, he's just reiterating, you guys do the same thing. Do you not instruct yourselves? You know, the law, the embodiment of knowledge and truth. You then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? So he's saying he's kind of calling out hypocriticalness here. If you're preaching against stealing and then you go and steal, you're no better. Verse 22, you who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who brag about the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? Ooh, that one's that one's a tough one. Verse 24. As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Wow. God's name is blasphemed mean meaning that his name is the world thinks very little of God's name because of the Jews because of the believers that hurts a bit that that hurts a bit because I would hate to think that people are blaspheming God's name because of me but that's what it's I mean it's saying the Jews here but I'm applying it to myself and that that's a tough thought to swallow that's a tough pill to swallow Verse 25, circumcision, why can I not say this word? Circumcision, there we go. Circumcision, oh gosh, my word, this is horrible. Circumcision, there we go, has value if you observe the law. But if you break the law, you have become as though you had never been circumcised. So basically, you keep all of the law, 
or none of it. It's one or the other. Because if you break one law, you've broken them all. It says that somewhere else in the Bible. I can't remember where it is. But circumcision has value if you observe the law. But if you break the law, you have become as though you have never been circumcised. Verse 26. If those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements, will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? I mean, yes, I think they should be. But, the, of course, the Jews wouldn't think that. If a Gentile kept the law but wasn't circumcised, they would not regard them as circumcised because the Jews were very legalistic in that way. Verse 27, The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will, you, will condemn you who, even though you have the written code, and circumcision are lawbreakers. Boom. I mean, he just calls him out. He calls it like it is. The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you. Even though you have the written code and circumcision, so they've got they've got twice the power. According to the Jews, you know, I'm circumcised and I keep the law. Yeah. No. No. He says, you're a lawbreaker. But they're not. It's not a physical thing. Circumcision is not a physical thing. Circumcision is something totally different after Jesus came and that's what verse 28 explains. A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. Boy, we see this today, don't we? I mean, I, I've met a lot of people that say they're Jewish in my life, and they leave, lead very... Uh, ungodly lives. Let's put it that way. I don't want to judge anyone here, but that that's they lead a very ungodly life. And that's what this is saying here. Like a man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly. You're not a Jew if you just call yourself a Jew and you, you know, cut something off your private parts. No. Nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. Verse 29, no, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart, not the spirit. Not by, or I'm sorry, not a man. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code or the law. Such a man's praise is not from man, from men, but from God. 
And that's the last verse of the chapter. No. A man is a Jew if he is one. A man is a Jew if he is one inward. And circumcision is circumcision of the heart. By the spirit. Not by the written code. Man, praise God for that. Because we can't follow the written code. We never could. The Jews couldn't. God knew they couldn't. That's why we need him. Because we, our righteousness is as filthy rags. It's circumcision of the heart. It's a heart position. It's it's not a it's not a intellectual position. Salvation. It's not. We're just because back in the Old Testament God said that you're his chosen people does not mean that that just because you're born in a certain line of people that you're going to go to heaven. It's got to be of the heart. It's got to be of the heart. You have to believe it in your bones. And so that that's such a good place to end this this week's uh, this week's Faith Friday. Man, that is so good. I'm so glad for that verse right there. Reading through chapter one and all of chapter two just to get to that verse is is really i mean that's good such a man the man that is has is 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 a jew inwardly he believes in god inwardly he's trying to follow the law inwardly he's seeking god inwardly his heart has been circumcised He wants to change. He desires to change. He desires to live a holy life. Such a man's praise is not from men, but from God. Mm. Mic drop right there. Boom. Ah, I love that. Guys, this was was pretty good. I mean, it it was kind of a struggle because, like I said, in the beginning, I am not a Bible scholar and some of this stuff goes pretty deep and I don't know all the meaning to it. And that's why I had to jump to the commentary to others that are wiser than I am. And so, I mean, gosh, that was good. I I loved that guys. That is the end of this week's faith Friday. Let me pray for us. And then I want, I want to ask you guys something else really quick about these Faith Friday episodes, right? Father in heaven, I thank you that the people listening to this today chose to stick around and listen to this. And they got to the end where the the real inspiration in this chapter was that our hearts need to be circumcised. It's not just a mental thing. It's it's a heart thing. It's not just a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. 
And so I pray that everyone listening to this would choose that for themselves, that they would choose to follow you. Lord, and I ask that this series in Rome, I pray that you would change hearts and lives through this. I give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. So my question to to you is, would you guys like me to do a YouTube live for these Faith Friday podcasts where we could potentially, I don't know how well it would work, but we could potentially kind of feed off of each other and and, and kind of get I could kind of get your feedback your thoughts I, I would love to know what you guys would like to do there you can send me an email at lansinglawnservice at gmail.com let me know what you would like if you think you would like a YouTube live maybe we can set that up and do that or you could also contact me on Facebook uh, at Aaron Sutter a-A-R-O-N-S-U-T-T-E-R. That's the, the page that I use the most. Send me a message there letting me know whether you would like to do this as a, a uh, like a YouTube live or a Facebook live even. Because I know there are people on, on my Facebook channel that would definitely listen to this and chime in and, and try to interact. And so... Because, I mean, people from my church and stuff like that, if I were to do a Facebook Live, they would stick around and join in. But I'm just wondering if you guys would do that on YouTube or on Facebook. So let me know. Send me an email. Send me a message on Facebook. That's Those are the two best places to get a hold of me and let me know. I really want to know if you would like that because I would like that. I would like that interaction. I would I would like for each one of you to be sitting in my home around my dining room table doing this very thing. I would love that. That would be amazing. Then it wouldn't be just me talking. We could actually have a conversation about it. So send me those emails. Send me those messages. Let me know, please. I really do want to hear from you. So send me that Facebook message. Send me that email. I would love to hear from you. Guys, that's it for this Faith Friday. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next week for Faith Friday.